Dedicated. Obsessed. Focused. This is the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 20 of the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Athletic performance. Athletic performance. We're here to talk to you guys about athletes, how to compete, the different levels of athletes, and uh, what it takes to get to that next level in uh, sports. Uh, Thad, what's going on? You're playing a little double duty today, huh? Got catch oh, yeah. up again to uh today. How's that? Got a good crowd yeah. out there today? Yeah, they had a good crowd. Um, I had to go out there and get all that started, bring them their water, the uh, ice chest full of water, and then kind of take the photo and of everybody, of our big group, and get them all started. And then I had to hurry back over here so we could get this show rolling. Yeah, so now – so. For everyone out there watching out there, watching on YouTube or listening on Apple, we will be moving to Sundays back to our original uh our original time that we normally do the show. Sunday evenings at 7:30 will be our new times moving away from Thursday at uh 7:30. But yeah, we appreciate everybody who's been watching the show. Last show was our highest rated. We almost was reached 8,000 views, man. Seven seven point five seven thousand five hundred views on our uh last show man so we uh you know we're getting a little popular that we're moving up in the world maybe we'll get that, uh, we get a joe rogan contract huh man 100 million dollars <laughs> but he's is it so his stuff is going to be exclusively on spotify yeah, right? he's going to be exclusive spotify is that going to take stuff away from youtube or is it just going to be from uh, um i'm not real <laughs> sure but i'm thinking it might it might even con- uh, include YouTube and everything. Hey, I man, mean, his, his, his show gets million. like a hundred million downloads or whatever. Yeah. Like 130 that. million downloads a month. Look, man, you can put my show on the cartoon network. If you pay me $100 million, that's, that's, <laughs> what call, that's what you call a little bit of just a little bit of sellout money. Just a little bit, not too much. You got so. that right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Ernest. Yes, yeah, what I was saying earlier, man. I've been somebody messed up. Uh, a friend of mine's messed up and let me use uh, uh, set me up a Peloton login. Yeah. So what I do is I take it and I set it up on that assault run and I just pick a program and just go with it. So, man, I'm I need something like, like that. Uh, it's like a forty minute, forty five minute interval run thing. You know, you just run your sprint intervals, then you break off. I might jump mm-hmm. in as I get deep into this Ironman training. They have a program, a, a marathon program that you can set up and a lady will run with you while you're running on your treadmill so that's probably yeah. going to be a good one to pick up so that's a really that's yeah. a really good app I'm, i was uh i'm very surprised how good how uh much they have on that actual app it's good value for 40 dollars a month but yeah i'd like i'd like to check it out hey, but you like you say you could share the subscription with somebody if you want to be uh want to be mm-hmm. cheap that's what i would yeah. do so i gotta find oh. somebody to share it with <laughs> that's all right you and cc can split it you can just pay the whole price pay for, pay for it all <laughs> yeah that's what's gonna happen all right so on today's show like i said we're gonna be talking about athletic performance and just getting to the whole just the whole concept of working out what it takes to be good and what it takes to you know get to that next level in sports or competing or just what are you doing in your daily uh daily life helping you reach your goals so we got a uh houston very own a preview and m alum mr marquise johnson is going to join the show yeah buddy man how you doing i'm great man how you guys doing good 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 man like i say welcome to the show thank you for uh thank you for joining in with us today man how's everything going with you doing this how's this pandemic been treating you man pandemics man it's been it's been blessed just to be safe uh for it's concerned i've been doing a lot of running because 
most of the time the gym been they've been closed, so just been getting my run on, man, trying to run off all this food I've been eating. <laughs> hey, hey, Ernest. Before we get too far, I gotta, I gotta tell everybody uh, where I met this guy and, and the the day about the day that I met him. I'm, I'll never forget that day. I don't know about you, Marquise, but yeah, it was crazy. Uh, <clears throat> we were at Pleasure Island running a half marathon. Whenever they had that uh, half marathon out there, yeah, and we probably we weren't, um, uh, we weren't a mile into it. And it came a deluge, man. It was raining so daggum hard. You couldn't you couldn't see in front of you. It was it was treacherous, man. <laughs> that gum uh, raindrops were just pelting you. And it did that for quite some time. And uh, we kept on running. Everybody kept trucking through it. They had a big old crowd out there that day. And then once the rain stopped, the mosquitoes came out. Oh. And, man, you couldn't hardly breathe. Oh, without- yeah. One thing you hate about – Pleasure Island is them damn mosquitoes, man. It was it was bad, killed. man. So I'm I'm sitting there. I'm everything's wet. Shoes, socks, shorts, everything's soaking wet, and I'm trucking along. And all of a sudden, I run up and I kept seeing this big guy in the distance. I'm like, who is this dude, man? <laughs> I got next to him and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, I just met him that day, man. And I'll I'll just never forget that. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was real, man. I just I'll tell I tell everybody about that. I say, man, I ran a half marathon <laughs> in two hours full of pitching rain and mosquitoes. <laughs> and they was biting, man. You you sprayed yourself down with all before it started. It did not matter, man. Them mosquitoes. I grew up in that neighborhood right before you get to Pleasure Island. And literally, we used to walk to school in the morning. You had to wear long sleeves and jeans, all the mosquitoes would literally get you. They would literally wait outside. Like, you just see them at the door of the high school just waiting to get in. Mosquitoes were horrible back in that area. Yeah, man, it, it was bad. But it was, it was, a, it was a, I, one of the most memorable runs I ever had, man. I've I done yeah. a few half marathons since then, but, man, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. But, man, yeah. you got to run. Like, once you – you know, I train with a group of guys, man, and we always, like, run in different conditions and stuff like that, but – Cause, so once you pay whatever the entry fee is, you might as well do it. Otherwise, you can waste mm-hmm. your money. Oh, yeah. I tell, you, I tell you what, that was the, the biggest sense of accomplishment at completing a run, I think, that I've ever had. Hey, but that's what that's what helped you build character when you uh when you run and stuff like that. It gives you those stories to go back and tell. Like I said, make it more, make it just a little bit more rewarding. So definitely. So you so you run a lot, man. I heard you be putting so early. You said you be putting in like a hundred miles a month. Yeah, man. I try to man. I, I like to run. You know, just something. It started out, man. It's like something to just keep me competitive. Cause man, I, I played flag. It was like right after I got to playing flag football with my buddies at home in like a little league. And man, okay. we go out there. I played my I played my four years of college ball. You go out there yeah. and play this flag league, man. This this got it on the barbershops. Yeah, these guys out there hit you hard. And I'm like, I got through with that. I'm like, man, I played for your school. Like, I, I don't need to put ice on, need to be using my good work yeah. behind no flag football. So I, I need something to You go hoop with some guys, guys want to relive their glory days. Get up and down. I don't hoop like that. So I like something. So I checked out running. I say, let me get into this to the mud running first. I say, that's something I could probably do. You know what I mean? Because yeah. ain't no way I'm running no at this point. I'm like, ain't no way I'm running a half marathon or no full marathon. Let me 
trying to do these little, I think that was like a uh a warrior dash. I think okay. that's the first one I did. And then so I did those and a buddy of mine named Val, he asked me to do a uh a sporting race one time. So I did one of those, like, okay, this is cool. But then I realized how much running that actually goes into it. Like oh, you yes. gotta run a mile before the next obstacle. Some of them got you running an eight hundred at the shortest like a four hundred. So as I started doing it, so I started getting better shape. I said I might as well try to knock out like a, a 5K or a 10K, figure out where I'm at with it. And then so Race Houston has the series. So I did one of those little 10K. That was cool. And then my buddy, my buddy Val, again, he asked me to do uh, the Houston half. That was the first one I did. And ever since then, man, I met a group of guys in a group called Black Men Run. And I've been hooked ever okay. since. So it's been pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It, it basically gave me a reason to work out. So And then going to yeah. the gym after a while, you just training, you whatever, working out because you know, as a former athlete, just to stay in shape, but they got boring. You know what I mean? Like, what, what am I working out for? But then you go do the runs. I tell anybody, you go do a run. Somebody older than you, bigger than you, smaller than you, younger than you, they gonna beat you, and they gonna make you feel bad. You know, the older lady, she the one that got me kind of hooked. Like, it was one of Houston half marathons at U of H. Man, I'm running, I'm rolling, I'm feeling good about myself. And I can't shake this lady off. She got to be like <laughs> 10, 15 years older than me. Like maybe 20. Solid. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I think she let me break away from me. She's like, hey, good one. I say, man, come on. That makes me feel bad. For real. Hey, that's how I felt running that Houston Marathon. It was this one man. He power walked and he stayed in the middle lane the whole way. And I thought I was doing good. Then every time I stopped, he'd just be passing me up, passing me up. <laughs> <laughs> But like you said, you just get that competitive driving. You realize, man, it's like you say, going to the gym is cool. Lifting weights is cool, but it doesn't feed that competitive drive. You right. know what I'm saying? There's nothing yeah. there to just feel that like, hey, I need to get out and do something. It gets boring, but running does bring that competitive nature out in you, man. It's something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. I love so, it. Backtracking a little bit, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your history, man. I know you said you mentioned uh college. You played college football, man. Tell us a little bit about that. Where'd you play college ball at? I played college football at Preview and man. Best season ever made in my life. I got a chance to play for a head coach. At the, at the time when I made my decision to go there, it was the worst school to play football at in the, in the history of college football. Like, horrible facilities, everything. But they gave me I, they gave me a guy. I was a decent athlete in high school. I went I'm from Humble, Texas. And yeah. when my high school was full of talented guys. Like, man, all the guys I played with was almost – most people, luckily, after coaching all the places I've been, some people lucky to have one guy on their high school team go to college. Well, throughout my time there, man, Uncle had, I can say, about 30 of my friends played college, maybe man. more than that. Like, from – not out of one class, but, like, through it's the time overall. I played. You know what I mean? Probably, like, my freshman or sophomore year on up. So I was just blessed to have a scholarship. Just I was a decent athlete. Pretty gave me opportunity. I went and I and I made guys on my team that that like brothers to me. Coach, a head coach, Henry Frazier was his name. He was awesome. You know what I mean? He was my middle. I really think we need a thirty for thirty when it comes to that straight up. Because <laughs> you can talk to anybody's major schools, whatever you want, but they wasn't the worst, and they end the program ended up turning around. But it took a lot of good men of character, a lot of good coaches that believe, and a lot of hard work. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun at the meantime. Like, from when it comes to working out and stuff like that, I'd have had a few jobs in there where you sit down with people and they talk about money as a watcher. Man, I played a TV where we didn't have the best, best equipment, but the end result is still a win. And we figured out a way to do that. Cool. Man, so I, was, I know PV is, a, PV is a fun school. I didn't oh, yeah, spend some time on the TV. 
a bunch of times, man. So how did you balance that college life? Uh, uh, you know, just the fun atmosphere of college, being a student athlete and having your, uh, did you only play football? Did you play anything else there? Was it just I, football? I, played, I actually played football and I played golf. I say I played golf. I played golf like one tournament. And it was <laughs> the first time I ever played in my life was like in a collegiate golf tournament. One of my kind of roommates, I hate man, the golf coach needs somebody to go out there and play with you go. I said, yeah, I go. Let's do it. So <laughs> I had a little side job riding pedicab bikes in downtown Houston. And I asked the dude, uh, Travis and Nate, I said, man, let me buy these clubs. I got a golf trip tomorrow. He's like, all right. So he just gave me these huge clubs. I drive down to PB one Saturday morning. And here we go. We ride. We get out there and I play golf. So that was pretty, pretty fun. I like to play golf. I'm terrible at it, but I do like to play. <laughs> let me get this straight. You, your roommate was on a golf team and said they needed somebody just to play. Was yep. it part of the school or you just like filling the spot or was it just? Man, I don't know what happened. I just, I heard him play golf. I didn't think about playing. So I just went. I was like, I'm going to go. So that's how it happened. But how I balanced it, it was, you just had to have your priorities straight. You know, I knew I wanted to do, you know what I mean? So definitely pretty was wild. I probably was better athlete off the field at home. Let's just be honest. But it was, it was definitely like just having your mindset of what you want to do. Like I wanted to graduate in four years. I was able to do that. So none of the other distractions and all that was going to stop me from what I want to do. And I, just prayer, hard work. I had coaches that stayed on me, on top of me, definitely, man. Coach Speed, Coach Brandon, Coach Frazier, them guys, they was always on you for um, if you missed something, if you didn't do what you're supposed to do, they was always going to hold you accountable. So I didn't want to let them down. And then my parents, man, my – my mom and dad did not play. Like, they made sure academic was a priority. So no matter how much recklessness or whatever we did for fun, it never gotten got in my way of getting A's and B's and make sure I had good grades, make sure I went to show up practice on time because I could not lose that scholarship. That, that man, I'm really blessed to get a scholarship. I was, I refused to lose it on something, something crazy, anything. You know what I mean? Like, well, it was girls, the academic, that wasn't going to happen with me, man. So it was, it was, it was a blessing. Man, that's crazy how always how you see college athletes who have these four rides and just blow it. You're like, man, what are you doing? You had a shot as a at a free education. It's like yeah, not I too many people get that opportunity. For sure, for sure. I think that it, it goes back to me to me where I'm from. You know, growing up in Umbo, it was very competitive. So yeah. a lot of guys at the collegiate level don't like to compete. So um it does it does help that Prairie is a fun life outside of football too. Because a lot mm -hmm. of these major schools guys go to are in, like, a little bit of a boring, slower-type towns. But the main thing is, from, from coaching to every level, guys don't like to compete. The only you have to compete every day. I had a good friend of mine, Sean Rochelle. Uh, me and him competed for reps at quarterback, period. And he probably still <laughs> mad at me today for playing freshman quarterback over here. But it was, it was, <laughs> those kind of stuff drove myself and a lot of guys from there to go to school and graduate. Well, a lot of guys don't have that. You have – you go to a high school, you probably like the man, and your coach probably lets you get away with anything and everything. So now you you're gotta able to miss practice, miss that. Going growing up and over, you couldn't miss. Period. You couldn't miss. Like if you miss, you weren't gonna get back on the field. Now you weren't gonna get a chance to get your name called like the class of, class ahead of you was. It, that's how yeah. it was. So it was very competitive. So having that competitive nature instilled in you at a, at a young age definitely helped me get to college. It was guys that I got to college that was I know for sure. I forget his name, man. He wasn't – he was better than me when I first got there, period. Like, hands down, he was taller, better hands. He wasn't stronger than me, but he was better than me as an athlete. He, but he just used to let me take his reps. 
I didn't I didn't understand because that's not the way we practice where I'm from. Like where I'm from, you're not gonna let nobody take your reps. Take your reps. Yeah. If I got three reps, I'm trying to get five. Period. <laughs> if that guy gonna let me take his five, okay, cool. I'm gonna try to get ten until somebody comes take. That's just how it was in Auburn. Man, that's what's up, man. What position did you play? You say tight end and DN, you said you yeah, played? Yeah, I played tight end my first two DN my last two years of school. Okay. How was that transitioning, man? Going from it the was interesting, line. man. It was, it was wild. First of all, I grew up playing quarterback, you know, uh, up until my junior year of high school. I, I like to, I'm definitely joking, man. My brother played quarterback and he currently out coaching in the league or whatnot, but got a and all-time league records. I like to joke and say, man, I'm the reason why he played quarterback. Sounds good. But, <laughs> you know, that ain't real. But uh, so I played that till my my junior year. Again, I went to a loaded high school. Like I had to do whatever mm-hmm. I could to get on the field. So because I used to play tight end, I didn't like it at first at all. I thought it was the worst decision ever. But it ended up being a blessing in disguise. So man, I, I ended up um just playing tight end. And I took my film down. The head coach just got the PV. So me and my dad, we drove it down to Texas Southern first. Then we ended up going to uh to PV. And then the head coach decided, hey, man, you come on a visit tomorrow. So I just went. I was like, all right, cool. And then after two years there, you know, I was already like 6'1", 190. I was pretty – had decent strength, but I wasn't yeah. getting much weight. You know what I mean? So I wasn't getting – I wasn't going to be no 240, 250 guy. You know what I mean? Play tight end type stuff. So the I used to make a bunch of plays on special teams. That's how I got my niche in college. Okay. Make a bunch of tackles on kickoff, punt, do whatever the coach told me to do because I want to get on grass best what I can. And so the uh, defensive coordinator asked me, he said, hey, you can come put your hand in the dirt, come rush the passer for me. I was like, all right, cool. So I did it. And then <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise there, too. You know what I mean? I played behind a guy named uh, Hollywood. We called him Hollywood. And uh, he ended up playing the league a little bit, come from PV. Had a bunch of sacks. And I played okay. for a very good coach. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Coach Brandon, he taught us how to – taught me how to use my body and – just, he stayed on my case big time with that because I was looking like a fish out of water. Trust me. Like, I didn't know what I was doing over there. First time, I never played defense like that in high school. I wasn't just the most aggressive head knocking high school yeah. at all. But I got over there, Coach Brandon. He still had confidence in me. And I ended up having this career. Started like half the season my senior year. It was fun. Man, that's what's up. So a lot of guys going into, like you said, you went to your junior year, you made that switch, right, to, uh, to defensive line? Yeah. So what kind of – I know you said you had that mindset that you just want, like you said, you just want to compete. You want to get out on the field. Now it's an opportunity for you to get out on the field. A lot of that is missing in a lot of athletes. A lot of guys you hear just, hey, once they get challenged, they out. Or once you get, uh, once they get their position away, they out there. They're not willing to put they, uh, like you say, put your hand in the dirt. So what kind of, what kind of drove you to have that mindset? What drove you to just say, hey, I want to compete no matter what it is. I'm just going to get out here and get it done. Man, Paul wasn't going to get it done. You know what I mean? You can I can cry, I can be word moan if I if for, for lack of better terms, that wasn't gonna get it done, you know what I mean? Okay, I cry, act act or let's say what most guys do, I've been in a situation as a strength coach, you know what I mean, helping kids out with or whatever, hating on the guy in front of me, that's not gonna get it done. You know what, yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. I have full faith in God and I believe he makes things happen for a reason. And I always tell people, God ain't gonna bless no haters, straight up. So if I'm hating hey, on the man in front of me, how is that gonna help me? All I can do is just play up the hand, the cards I'm dealt, and just go to work. And that's all I did. Just yeah. was, I did I like it? No. I ain't like that first. Like, man, why they keep moving me? But it was it ended up being it helpful, you know. I just I didn't cry about it, you know. And I I quit not gonna help, not gonna help none. I wouldn't have no degree. 
You know, like <laughs> what what I'm gonna go home and do? What I'm gonna tell my people? My my dad wasn't gonna have that. He wasn't gonna have me. Right. I I quit because this other guy in front of me had a coaches move me. Well, you need. To, I'm in college number one. I was at this point. I went to Prairie man. I'm six one one ninety. By I'm college, college, when I make by two hundred pounds. I know I'm not gonna go to the league or even if I was like it just that that's man that that's soft like straight up like if you like that my that's just that's you you're soft and I'm with that with that type of I'm not I wasn't soft with it and I accepted the challenge and it was a blessing like I talked to my position coach all the time I probably talked to him at least twice a week you know at least coach Brandon that's that's my guy and he helped me through it and the defense coordinator was awesome you know they cared about us as men down there big time, you know what I mean? Helping us get jobs and constant communication with guys. And that was a blessing. So I, and that's all that went through it deeper. And then I saw all that a little bit as a junior in college when they decided to make that move. I wasn't going to quit over yeah. nothing that simple. Yeah, just good. put your head down and go to work, huh? Oh, yeah, that was simple. And it's good that you say that because you had the mindset to like, hey, like I said, I'm not, everybody's not going to make it to the league. Everybody's going to make it to the NBA, to the NFL, but you got to maximize and get the most of what you could do. And the fact, like you said, your coaches, that's a huge deal. So they help prepare y'all as men to get to that next stage into your life. Like as far as finding the jobs, putting that right mindset into you, hey, nothing's not going to be given to you and doing that, man. That's what's up. That's good stuff. So so back and just kind of piggybacking off of that, do you think – that's why a lot of kids quit sports is because you start so early. Everything is given to them. They told them they're going to be the star of the team. Parents moving them from team to team because their kids not starting. You think that's kind of a tribute to a lot of guys just quitting or having that bad attitude, not wanting to compete, like you said, when they get to that next level? Well, everybody wants to be the star. And they just definitely, I think, why? You know what I mean? I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else's house or, again, where everybody else from. You got to encourage competition. You got to teach kids it's not okay to lose, but instead of always going to lose, you just got to work to get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Work to get better. Again, like I, I can't stress enough. You can't hate on the guy in front of you. You just got to worry about what you can control. And what happens a lot of times in sports is you will see it at whatever level it may be, whether it's youth, college, pro, whatever it may be. What happens a lot of times when a guy complains – about playing time or his parents complain because I've been there. It might be his parents' wife. I've been there when they came at me, especially in South Texas. They, they came at me about oh, yeah. playing time and why my kid don't do this, why my kid. What happens 90% of the time is when they get their shot, they mess up. They drop the ball. They don't they don't get it done. And it's it's a it's crazy how that happens. It just it's crazy how it happens. They worried, complain. Well, Johnny not getting it. Well, this kid, it shouldn't be in front of my kid. That kid, man, look. Or that guy shouldn't be in front of me. But instead of just putting your head down, football especially, all right, you always a play away from playing. Unfortunately, whatever. It just, things work kind of crazy. Whether it's a guy has an academic issue, he unfortunately get hurt, you always a play away. So you got to kind of have that mindset. You know what I mean? Everybody want to look at, I guess, a Tom Brady type guy. Like, let's say if he complained about why he wasn't better than Drew Bledsoe. He just, I'm pretty, I don't know the guy personally, never coached him. But yeah. if he wasn't ready, probably, I'm pretty sure, I like to think that that man just worked, prepared, prepared, prepared. When he got his opportunity, he balled out and just did, did things aligned for him. But what, that doesn't happen with a lot of guys. They just, or a lot of parents, a lot of parents just want their kids to be a star. They're not worried about when my kid, when your kid's playing, it's somebody else that's not playing. They're not worried about that parent. 
They're not worried about somebody else's kids. And they just worry, worry about them and their shine to get the likes on Facebook, to get the likes on Instagram, to get that social status or whatever town, instead of just doing your job. That's how come I think certain teams, especially, I, again, in the high school level, where you have certain teams with a lot of talent, don't necessarily win because it's almost a crab in a bucket. Instead of just buying in and playing your role, and then you'll be successful as a team, then they're like the old saying is, as a team, everybody achieves more. And I can definitely, again, I go back to my upbringing, where I'm from, we all ate, you know what I mean? We all, like I say, a lot of guys went to college, and yeah. we all played our role. You know, it was very competitive, and it was like it's supposed to be. But again, everybody achieved more through how we worked, and we were never hating on nobody. Like, all, a lot of guys I play with, they watching this deal right now, and we still friends to this day. That's what's up, that's, man. That's Good that's awesome. Awesome. That's a good, so that's some good, that's some good stuff, man. Allow your kids to compete and allow them to, like you say, sense failure, but don't accept it, but learn how to get better from it. Learn from your mistakes, get better. Parents can't always come in and save the day for your kids and tell them you got to start. It's not, nothing is guaranteed, man. Nothing is guaranteed. So you, uh, what did you get your degree in at PV? What did you, uh, what was your main study? Man, I got my degree in human performance with a minor in history. Y'all need history. How did you, how did those two pair up together, man? Human performance. Man, I, always, I like history. I don't really want to teach it now. You know what I mean? But I, uh, I definitely, I, I definitely like history. I like learning different things um, like that. It was cool because the, you got to write your papers for your answer. So if somebody give me a chance to write how I feel about something, I like my chance <laughs> of passing that situation. So that's a lot of the way history graded out. And I like that, um, but so that's that's my deal with the history deal. And I did uh in middle school, I messed around. I was like, they had this little one act play type deal. I messed around with the state, act like Frederick Douglass, and that was cool. So <laughs> I kind of my little deal for history. So that was that was a little minor, and then new performance my major. And I thought at the time I would teach history, but so that's how that went. So you ended up using your using part of your degree anyway. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, cool. Yeah. So how did that That's help awesome. you? Uh, so moving on. So how did you get into uh, your strength and condition? How did that how did you transition over into uh, into doing that into your coaching once you left? Uh, take us through that journey. Once you finished football, got out of, you know, got out of playing your collegiate clinic and started taking that next step in the life. All right. So I got to playing got to playing football in the fall. And I started I started asking around like early, like maybe my junior senior year. I started watching a lot of guys. They start getting grad assistant jobs. But basically, the school pays for your masters and allow you to coach. So I started talking to different coaches about the situation. I knew off top I wanted to uh, get my masters paid for, hands down. I said, I want to be a GA, get my masters paid for some kind of way right now, right when I get out of school, instantly. So I started talking to some coaches, and my offensive line coach came in and he said, man, look, they're looking at my boy. I don't know who this guy is. Thank you, sir, whoever you are, because Pete never introduced me to him or whatever. But he's like, my boy say somebody looking for a, a grad assistant at Eastern Michigan. So I was like, all right, cool. Wherever it's at, I want to go. Like, <laughs> I never heard of Eastern Michigan a day in my life. And I, I'm a huge sports fan. I never heard of this school. Then I looked it up. It's where George Gervin played at or whatnot. So basically, I know my mom pushed me a ticket to go to Eastern Michigan because I talked to the coach named Mike Surgeon. Great guy. He's a, one of, by far, one of the biggest blessings in my life. I ended up getting my master's there. But Serge was like, he bring down an interview. I get down there and, you know, he asked me, what do I know about strength and conditioning? So, man, I just went back to Humble. I wrote up 
what we did at Humble, the how, what, why we did, a base strength program that we did at Humble, a base strength power program we did all my life. And I put it on the board. He's like, perfect. He's like, you got the job. I'm like, all right. So got my stuff and the rest is history. And it was, it was been a journey on ever since. Appreciate Coach P. Appreciate Coach P. Boy, who I have, I still haven't met. But and then I definitely appreciate Serge. And Serge was awesome. He allowed me to do a lot down there at Eastern. And man, it, it, yeah, I am. I'm just I'm trying to roll along still. Man, that's what's up, man. That, that's that's good. So how was it? How was it? So you did strength and conditioning. What kind of what does that entail in regards to strength and conditioning coaching at the collegiate level, high school level, or even at the professional level? What is what is your role in day to day for people Man, who don't know? Your role is obviously it's your role. Probably let's put the paper one out there first. Then the stuff people don't tell you about second. All right. Yeah. <laughs> On paper, the role is to get guys obviously bigger, stronger, faster. You know what I mean? Probably rehab guys depending on the setup from injury. You know, teach them about their bodies and make sure they're healthy and be, and be able to play the game that they came to school or the league to play. The underlying role, you could be a positive, a mentor, all right, because you're with the players every day. Good day, okay. bad day, sick day, happy relationship day, bad relationship day, all that, the whole nine yards. Uh, you can possibly some – I didn't pray with certain guys, you know what I mean, when I said a mentor piece helping guys out with situations because they're going to talk to their strength coach. If you have a decent report to athletes, they're going to talk to the strength coach. They're going to talk to somebody that they see every day, especially somebody yeah. that try to do it. My coaching style is I get on kids, but I try to earn the right to coach all my kids. I just don't come in that day one, just dumping my kids. So I like to know about a kid's family, his upbringing, where he's from, depends on where you're in the country. You know what I mean, what kind of music he likes to listen to and stuff like that. But so it's a bunch of different hats you wear as a strength coach. Yeah, that's awesome. You get you really uh once you get to know them, you can really kind of start tweaking things from there on out, huh? For sure, for sure. Man, yeah. I could I, I could just tell from this interview you're a strength and conditioning coach. You know those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I mean that's what you want from your strength. You want somebody that's gonna motivate you, somebody that's gonna get you going, somebody that's gonna keep that you know like that fire up under when you need to when you need it, man. That's sure. that's what's up. So you just kind of create your own programs when you do it, or you just kind of do your own research or. All right, early on, when you first starting, you like when I got there at Eastern, you do the program. If you're not the head, you're working, you don't you're gonna you're gonna do the head guy's program. Whoever the head okay. guy is, you're gonna do his program. And you're just gonna be there to assist, whether that's and it's whatever it may be. It may be setting up, because a lot of times you setting up the weight room for different things so it can flow right. You cleaning up, you breaking the stuff down, but all the guys use it. You cleaning up equipment, sweeping floors, uh wiping the benches doing whatever you need to do. But then as you get your own teams, the way I was going to have my own teams, you just look at the team and, and just the movement. You do a movement analysis on what the sport needs. You know what I mean? Obviously, football needs something, basketball needs, baseball needs something, that, uh, football don't need so on and so forth. So you do your research on the sport. Then you really sit down with the head coach and figure out their goals and their team. So what mantras you want to use, what sayings, how you want to play that, uh, what things they like, you know what I mean, things they don't like. That's a big deal, especially after I learned a lot, especially getting a chance to work at a smaller school like Eastern. Okay. It was cool because when I first got there, you assisted with everybody. All right, you assisted with – you had a head guy, you had an assistant, you had a first-year GA, you had a second-year GA, and a first-year GA. And so I got to learn a lot from everybody I got to work with before I got to take over my own team. And then once I got to have my own conversation with head coaches, I put together a plan of research that I've done and things that the head guy taught me 
and then I and I and what I have to do is I have to present him the plan that I have, and he okay's it, and he checks it. Then I'm able to do with my athletes. Cool, cool. So, um, <clears throat> how long have you been doing this now? I've been doing this now since what a week, what twelve years, something like that. Twelve years. Yeah. So, have you noticed, um, like? You know, in the last uh, eight to ten years or so, how functional fitness, like CrossFit type stuff, has kind of gotten really, really popular. And you know, it's proven this stuff works. Have you seen like a, a a change from the way you did it, like from the very beginning to to now? You know, as far as uh, the progression of the just the way things are going. I think CrossFit is great, but you see a small change. Different guys like do different things. That's more I think. At the uh, at the pro level, where certain guys like certain guys might come at you like, "Hey, I want to do I do CrossFit in off season." Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But usually, it's I think CrossFit is a very high level. You got to teach it. You got to break stuff down to teach it, and it's it's a little tougher to do it at that high level with that many kids in a room. Depending on the dynamics of your room to run like CrossFit mm -hmm. type deal, like CrossFit usually set up like in a garage or something where like you can do your your, your, your cleans and go out for a run. Well, usually in a setup like that, like in a collegiate setting, you don't have a setup like that, so it's hard to do that. It's hard to go from one to yeah. another and things in that CrossFit type type deal. So most of the time, you're dealing with the basics. You got to get good at the basics. The basics of how to properly move a bar. You know what I mean? A lot of times people mm -hmm. want to dial right into cleaning 315, some crazy. What you know, yeah. you and all that stuff and, first. And look at all crazy doing it, too. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. in, in, in the world of collegiate sports and, and professional sports, if you get guys hurt now, you won't last long. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, right. Really <laughs> so you got to take time. <laughs> and you, you got, you, I can't, you can't get kids hurt and stuff like that, especially at that collegiate level. High school, they look at you, you and you, that just, I won't have it on my heart. But you got to take your time and teach stuff and just teach, teach, teach. Well, that's with a stick for the longest until that kid gets it. And it's a slow progression, not go mm -hmm. fast. You go fast all the time, you liable to get something hurt. So it's kind of like you said, that fine line between pushing them, but not pushing them to where they hurting themselves or harming themselves. So it's right, like, you right. Gotta know. You got to know the individual. Exactly. kind of leads me to a buddy, uh, Chris Hanna had a question. He said, how old should a kid be before they start strength and conditioning, specifically strength training? What would you kind of say to that? I would say about 12 years old, anywhere anywhere from 12 to 14 years old. I think that's a good place to start. Uh, you can start mostly with body weight. And, like, if you want your kid to be a clean, like, I would say look into what that high school he, he's planning on going to is doing and try to basically get, give him a, a gradual progression to do what they do so he can flow right into that program and be successful. Okay. So, like, body weight is the best thing. I think push-ups, pull-ups. Teach them how to squat properly, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to jump. Teach them how to land properly. Those are, I think, big keys to to kids and the youth. But again, you need to go. I think if you're gonna have that kid play for whatever high school he's gonna go to or whatever middle school, look at what they're doing and try to have a, a small scale back program that's gonna lead them to success in that program. Ooh, that's a that's real good advice. Good advice, man. So. Some good stuff, man. Good stuff. So <clears throat> kind of leading to our next topic, kind of going to like the mindset of, of, of like the athlete. You know, you've seen you've coached at every level, high school, collegiate, uh, at the professional level. So what's kind of the mindset of of that high school athlete compared to the person who's going to succeed in college compared to that guy that's at the 
at the professional level? How does it take to transgress through each of those stages? All right, that's a very good question. Um, Mindset-wise, for a high school kid, is mostly they want to be – first of all, you got – let's talk about the parent first or yeah. the mentor, whoever that is. I think that's more important because whoever he has outside of him is – or she, my bad, is going to feed that athlete. All right? So I think they – because a lot of times when you, being a high school coach, the parents can feed a kid – stuff and he's not even working towards that so what i'm saying is that kid has to have good people behind him or that kid needs to know the difference from parent talking home to what we got going on into whatever high school building that he's in all right because a lot of times a high school kid can think he's supposed to be real good and he needs it needs to be about the team first that mm-hmm. needs to be a high school kid mind. now a lot of kids it just oh i want to get a scholarship well, you need to get a scholarship in the framework of whatever the system that your high school coach got you doing. Buy into that system, you're going to be very successful. Think about your team goal, all right, first, and then individual goals second, all right? But what are you going to do as an individual to help that team, okay? You can't say, I want my team to win, and I'm just okay with it. I'm not saying that. But, no, if you want your team to win, you got to show up and stuff on time. You got to work hard on time and then try to get the people that's around you, your parents, auntie, grandma, whoever's raising you. Maybe it's the streets. Maybe it's the neighborhood. I don't know. I don't coach kids in all aspects. Get them around you to understand your goal and that team's goal, then you're going to be successful. When a cat gets to college, he has to understand that he, he has to be ready to compete because there's grown men there. All right? I'm sorry. I respect a lot of college coaches. I know what they got to do to feed their families by telling guys, hey, you're going to start when you get here. The biggest yeah. thing is for a lot of kids, you're going to start when you get here. It sounds good, but, bro, you got a, a man. You're going to be a grown man there. By, by this day and age, there's a lot of college kids, a lot of male or female, they got kids and mouths to feed or people at home that taking that scholarship check if you're blessed to go to a school where they're giving out scholarship checks. So you yeah. got it's a very competitive environment. And if you're not willing to compete, you're probably not going to last there very long. All right? So you got to have your mindset. I'm ready. I got to compete every day. And probably from a strength conditioning standpoint, it's probably going to be with a coach that's never met you because it's against NCAA rules for a strength conditioning coach to flat out go recruit you. So understand yeah. this. That guy, that strength coach that's yelling at you day one or trying to help you go to class or wake you up, he did not recruit you. So I'm sorry. And he might not have an Instagram or social media account or a Twitter account that follows you with your million views if you're working at a major division one. So you got to understand that. So your mindset needs to be to compete. Then you happen to compete, you got to stay competitive and never settle. Don't, don't settle, okay? You're the best guy at whatever college, whatever division one school, whatever, if you're in the SWAT, whatever it may be, you're the best guy here. Okay, but it's somebody else that's, that's probably better than you. It never settle. You just, just never settle. And then the... And that's like then your freshman sophomore year, then like making the decision. So I'm pretty sure people on here that asking about um, decisions about like what college is a freshman sophomore year college or whatever. You know, you make a decision. I think my brother told me this. Like we had a cousin. Uh, I'd say my cousin. That's my family. My cousin Tim Cole Jr. You end up playing linebacker at the University of Texas. Great kid. Ended up playing four years. Got his master's paid for from Texas, and he's doing well, man. It got 
at least we got a donut that he do, and that him and his boys got that rolling. It's a it's a solid product. But go him. We say, cuz go somewhere that you can see yourself going if you didn't play football. That needs to be your mind. You make that decision because in this day and age, y'all, we all watch sports. I'm pretty sure if you're watching this on sports, like nine times out of ten, your college coach probably gonna be gone. All right. Now, it's a good chance they might be gone. They're not going to be there with you four years, probably like your high school coaches would. That's yeah. so, the shelf life you know, is not as long in college. Right, because whether they win it, they're going to probably try to find another gig. You lose it, they're going to probably get fired. That's just the nature of the business, man. So you got to mm-hmm. understand that and just how to deal with Do you? I remember my coach told us this, man. I ain't going to say his name because I love him, but he's like, yeah, <laughs> do you love football? And he asked us, I'll never forget when he told us that. I love football, like he, because he was from situation that he felt his grumble about, and he, he was thinking about leaving. So I wasn't mad at him, but I love the game of football, so I was gonna stay and play for who, regardless who it may be. So that's why guys gotta have that mind; they gonna compete every day. If you love the game, you can't play college sports if you're playing for somebody back home, because it's a, it's very demanding. Yes, it's glamorous. Yes, if you work at, if you at some of these top-notch schools, they give you the best Nike, the best Adidas, they give you very good. But it's gonna be a grind. It's definitely a grind. You know, it's not for everybody. That's why a lot of guys don't last long here. I remember we, so, we took my daughter to a, a camp for volleyball, and that's what the coaches told her. It was like you have to love playing volleyball because mom and dad ain't gonna be there to wake you up for practice. You right. gotta want to get up, go to practice. You're gonna have to want to do your schoolwork. You're gonna have to want to come to workouts. You're gonna have to want to watch film. It's not, you know, it's not mama waking you up, driving you to practice. It's your right. mindset. You have to want to do this. So. That's what's up. So, uh, like moving from the from the collegiate sports to the professional level, like you uh, you coached for the 49ers, correct? Right, I was with the Niners for two years. So, uh, how do you deal with um, those guys? Have got to have some pretty good sized egos to to make it that far, <laughs> huh? Well, the thing is, they they some do. You know what I mean? They're men. At this point, they're men. You're not dealing with a child, or you. It's not as much of it's not as much as mentorship. As college and high school is. College and yeah. high school is very similar when it's coming that you're teaching them how to train, you're teaching them. Now, sometimes, in a, especially in the sport of football, sport of football, you might have a guy like uh, teaching them mindset wise, hey, man, you got to get up and train. But at this point, he's making way more money than you are as a coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's making, yeah. he's making a lot of money. He still needs somebody for guidance, but he has to understand that if you don't get it done, they're going to cut you. Yeah. So a lot of guys really don't have those egos. A lot of times people see these guy personalities on TV and think they all is. No, they when they're in that building, they're very humble. They they're very humble. It's it's work, and it's like from the mindset of a coach, you it's more like training training your training a buddy of yours. Like you gotta okay. look at your history and see what things that didn't hurt them in the past, and don't put them in harm's way because if you do, you hurt somebody worth a million dollars, and you making less than a million dollars or. That your investment, their investment in you <laughs> is way less than their investment in that player. So you make sure yeah. you keep that player on the grass. They just keep that real. That's what's up. So like you, so it's more than just working. Now you have to know the history, like you're saying, behind each player, what's nagging them, what they injury history be, and it kind of catered that workout and watch them. Right. And that's a lot. How many uh I think how many are there? I was gonna say so. How many uh there he is. It's normally about well, like a hundred or fifty some fifty-three people on an active roster, then plus they got the other players you are responsible for too as well. Right. And the college I forget the exact number, but uh the no, league is probably astronomical. Yeah, yeah. And in the league is like most time it's like sixty-three, something like that. You got 
Fickner and Agony got like ten piece squad cats. So, uh, but you just you you tell the workouts in they have big groups. Uh, usually it's not you. It's all it's already scheduled. Whoever the head coach may be, I was blessed to work for Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. He was awesome to work for. Um, and Ray Wright, thank God for Ray. You know, Ray was a, a great strength coach over 20 years in the league experience. Showed me a lot. But uh, they have all that stuff breaking down. So as an assistant, I just did did the job or whatever. Ray and Kyle and then uh, shout out to Ferg, man. He was an athletic trainer when I was with the Niners and got a chance to work with him a little bit in XFL as well, whatever plan that they have. And they have all that stuff broken down. So they basically, the way we did with the Niners for Ray was everybody kind of had a position, you know, like – kind of had a position that we watched in practice and then we kind of broke up the uh the injured guys off um just whatever rate feel fit you know so and we broke them guys down and then you know he had he gave everybody he gave me a special task of uh learning boxing which was interesting in san jose california which i enjoyed you know what i mean at first i thought it was weird i but i learned a lot out there and just didn't gave us different traits ray was good on Giving all of, giving us something to work on. You know, for me, I learned a lot from him from helping GPS data and understanding just how the video stuff worked and um, anything. Because you're working in the league, man, you got people coming at you. I felt almost like it was a barbershop. They coming at you trying to sell out anything, fitness, and everything. Somebody mm-hmm. ringing the doorbell, they trying to come sell Man, that's what's up. So how, how was it? How was that? So just working in the NFL, being with the, you know, traveling around and doing all that, how chaotic, how chaotic was it being in the NFL, working with, did you travel with the teams to the games and all that? Or? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have traveled it to every game. It was, it was a blessing, but it wasn't chaotic. It was all scheduled, you know what I mean? Okay. It wasn't, you know, people think it's girls and fans. It wasn't, it wasn't like that, you know, it, 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 it wasn't like that. It was just another job, you know what I mean? You show up. On the plane, instead of riding the yellow bus, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was cool. You know, it was, you know, definitely a blessing. Again, I'm a football fan. You know, having a little brother that went through it. You know, as a player, you know, and it was for me. I was just like, it was a blessing. Just you don't think about it. it you working, you know. I was. You had that doing a job. I didn't take it for granted. Not one day. I just, man, let me do what this man Ray say do say do because <laughs> I guarantee if I don't. He gonna have somebody here replacing me before I think about walking out the door. Yeah, hey man, that's, that's the right type of mindset to have. Everybody listening, that that's the mindset you have. Do your job and do what it needs to take to get the job done until it's your turn to step into the spotlight. Right. Yeah, up, I don't man. have to do just with sports alone. You know, I mean, no, that's this is life. Period. That's how I approach a lot of things. You know, I, uh, my job, uh, where I work every day, uh, that's that's what I do. I show up, I do my job. And I do the best I can. So, how <clears throat> you control? That's it. <laughs> so what? So what? As you, as you like, you said you seen every uh, every kid. You never got had that competitive drive and everything. So, you being a strength and conditioning coach, how does let's say genetics versus genetics versus or say like people like to call it God given talent or genetics versus just pure work ethic? How do those two play together and? Can you outwork bad genetics if there's a such thing as bad genetics? And it, it depends on what you're trying to do. That's a okay. very good question. And if you're talking about sport of football, that's, that question sucks. Because football <laughs> is not, not flat out a genetic freaks. That you can train all day 
that you're not gonna be better. I'm just so I'm I'm just gonna keep it honest. I'm yeah. sorry if if mom and daddy slow, it's a good chance you might be you might be slow. All right, if you fast, that's a that's a miracle. All right, so I can train, I can squat, I can work all these drills, and I'm not gonna be a four three guy. Just yeah. not gonna happen. So it's just not your muscles are not built that way. I'm, I'm just not gonna happen. You know what I mean? I watch guys I play with. I hope it's the guys that are here watching this I play with. I'm going to say a name. T-Bell. T-Bell from Atlanta, Texas. And he was fast as all get out. T-Bell can go have the night of his life. T-Bell going to go out there and roll. And I didn't believe it. You know what I mean? I had another buddy of mine. He was most in shape guy I've seen in my life. But he wasn't going to beat T-Bell. I don't care what happened. But that's just the thing. But you can definitely work. You just got to be. My biggest thing was when, when I teach in the weight room, any place I've been or when I've done recruit talks at the collegiate level before when I was in Eastern Michigan, as the interim head, I do recruit talks. I used to say, man, what defines your program? I used to, when I used to talk like that, I used to think, like, what's going to sell this program to my mom? All right? So when it comes to the genetics and that and, like, how hard you work, man, swagger. I define that as the confidence in yourself that you're better than everybody else, period. So if all you got is a 135 bench, we play a game in the game of football where you got to take that 135, you got to go run into a 6'8", 350 guy. And if that 6'8", 350 guy scared, you probably going to knock him out. So you got to have some confidence in yourself with, with the attempts that God gave you and don't be worried about the next man and his genetics and his talent. But a lot of times, I do feel in certain cases, let's say like you were a marathon runner or a CrossFit somebody that's in the gym trying to get it, you just take your time. And Bill Grass said, like a lot of people ask me about running. All right. No, I'm not genetically built like a quote unquote runner. You know what I mean? I'm by 6'2, 220 pounds, most times, like anywhere from 220 by 226. The first thing I get is that reaction dad game. Like, man, that's the first marathon. Like, that's the biggest guy here. But it's something I literally told myself I wanted, and I gradually worked at it. Like, I run, I started with just one mile. I tell anybody, you trying to lose weight, get in the running, whatever. Just start running one mile, just one. If you can run one, you know what I mean, then get to rate where you can run one without walking at all, you know, and then just build up to two miles. Those are things, stuff like that. The next thing you know, just keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself, then you can take your body beyond limits. But unfortunately, in the game of football, sometimes that still may be. You know what I mean? You can apply that. But, it, but don't be discouraged when you look over and see somebody that's a genetic freak that might be able to go out all night, party, do whatever they're going to do and still be out there making plays and all that. But for a lot of those guys, some some guys will catch up with them in high school. Some guys will catch up with them when they first get to the league. You never know, but you got to run your race, stay in your own lane, and just use what God gives you and make the best of it. And it starts up being you know, top. You got to be mentally tough. You can't be, man, I'm worried about it. What's so and so do? There you go. Worry about the next man. Worry about what you do and keep it rolling. Do your do what yeah. you can do to control your own fate, your own destiny. That's how you get yeah. it rolling. Stay in your lane, huh? Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So speaking about hard work, man, have you been watching this Jordan documentary? Everybody's been uh, raving over. Uh, man, man, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on Michael Jordan, man, and his whole his whole approach to the game and his mindset? First of all, I I, I love it. like Jordan is. As a kid, I, I grew up watching Jordan. And then I remember watching his Hall of Fame speech. So that's what made me want to watch The Last Dance. Yeah, I went back to his Hall of Fame speech. I just, it was so long ago, but I remember 
been in, been somewhere, and I just remember hearing Jordan say, "I did whatever I had to do to win. I did whatever I had to do to win." So the whole time he kept saying that, I'm thinking I'm seeing this come out. So he finally gonna tell us whatever he had to do to win, and he was just pushing buttons. And a good leader, they push buttons. Yeah. And he was, he just wanted to win. I loved it. Like I think that, and then the beauty of of the Jordan deal is that we didn't have social media back then. You know, so you didn't know like. A lot of a lot of stars or whoever you want to call it today, you can if you want to see their family, what how they're working, they gonna post it on Instagram. Yeah. So it it wasn't none of that. So I like this. I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it pretty transparent here. Is Jordan Jordan was out there. I like the drinking and the cigar smoking and all that, and hear them go light light it up. Like I I you can go have a good time and give you buckets again. I've heard stories. And all that from different coaches I work with. And when somebody always has something to say about Jordan, I'm all ears. I'm I'm glued. Like, what's up? They talking about Jordan. And because you didn't, you didn't, we didn't have social media back then to see what he what he talked about, what he dressed like, you know what I mean? Did he go out? Did he hang out? What his work that he was. I remember watching some of Jordan stuff on VHS tapes, you know what I mean? My dad had for whatever reason when he got hurt. I remember he had the tennis shoes on in the pool. And they, we did first go to his wild fitness. And so I, I messed up a bad Jordans to go get in the pool. Put <laughs> <laughs> the pool like Jordans. So, like, it's pretty good to see, you know what I mean, all that stuff these 20 years later. But I love it. Like, I'm a hands-down fan of it. Man, Jordan put in that work, man. He pulls put you know, in that you, work. You know, you always hear the stories about how competitive he, he was and everything. And I saw a thing on YouTube the other night where I think it might have been Kevin Garnett or somebody like that. Um, he um, – they were the team that he was on. Garnett was young. He just now come in the league and all this. And um, he started talking smack. And oh, the yeah. older guy, yeah, you see that? That older yeah. guy on the team was he, like, oh, man. He was typing up Isaiah Ryder to go drop yeah. points on yeah. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and Ryder was like, man, <laughs> that ain't me, Mike. I ain't saying that, Mike. <laughs> yeah. And Mike, yeah, Mike ended up going you? off on their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan was, yeah. man, he, he was incredible. Like, I think that. If I don't, I'm not hating. Him. I love it. I like. I love it. I just, you know, what I mean, he's when you have that many, that, that much respect. With love him, I hate him. You have to respect him. I think because oh yes, he, he put he. It's grown men telling these stories about another man that his size wasn't like he he wasn't seven foot tall and he wasn't just some freakish looking character. I mean, he was six six. You know what I mean and. And long, but that's not like he's seven foot five and he's just doing something that we've never just and he did it with he did it with jump shots. I think that from watching that documentary series, I think the neatest thing that that people and I've been watching ESPN, that's all I ever watch, that people not talking about is how he played baseball. Like to him to go play minor league baseball, you can't just go say, Hey, I'm gonna stop my day job. I'm gonna go play with professional baseball players. Aspiring professional baseball players. You can't just say in Jordan, Jordan have a story of like a Russell Wilson or or any of these professional athletes yeah. that mean that they got drafted out of high school. If a cat I'm like that say cool. they got drafted out of high school and go play, I wouldn't even be like, wouldn't even blink an eye. But this is just a dude, 31 or something years old, and like, hey, I'm gonna play baseball with these prospects. These guys not sorry. Like it ain't like he just went play T-ball. He went to grown man pitching, grown man, <laughs> and he was people say he wasn't that good. 
You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be on the grass. But he did it, and he worked at it. That's and he was that's getting better at it. Like, like this dude went out there, and they say they had like a 13, 14 game hit streak to start. Yeah, that shows how good of an athlete he was. Like it ain't too many right. people that can just say, "Hey, I'm gonna go do it and go play baseball." Somebody Somebody said that he was actually close to making a roster, but the uh I think they he was afraid that they was gonna go on strike that year, and that's what made him go back. That he was gonna make the just like you said, just listening to that a guy at the peak of his career stopped playing a sport that he was the best at to go play one of the most, which is a difficult sport in baseball, and almost make a major league uh a major league day roster. You know, uh, I had a I had a guy I went to school with. He was uh, two years behind me in school, and he went on to, to play some pro ball. And uh, his team that he was on at the time played Jordan. And uh, he was pitching. He was on the mound one night. My buddy was. And uh, he threw Jordan one right down the middle. And it, he he knew, you know, he, he didn't try to do anything special. He just kind of threw him a, a softball, and Jordan went yard on him. Oh, man. <laughs> and Jordan come up to him after the game and told him thanks. <laughs> hey man, Jordan just was Jordan is just one of those rare breeds where you have the right mindset, competitive drive, the genetic freaks, and just the work ethic to just get it done and want to be great at something. Right. Like somebody said, you gave Jordan, you give Jordan an inch, he's gonna take a yard. You can't tell him, look at him crazy, he's gonna take it and use it against you. That that's that's a funny part about this show. Jordan knows like every show is like Hey, they gave him come on MVP. Said Charles Walker was telling the story where they was playing the dream team was playing a Puerto Rican. It was a I think I don't know if it was a Puerto Rican team or it was a uh it was a team, a basketball team of South America. But anyway, long story short, the point guard had said something bad about Jordan in the newspaper. So Jordan went to Chuck Daly and said, I'm playing point guard tonight. Chuck was like, Man, what you doing? You the two guard, man. Sit down. He was like, Nah, this dude said something about me in the newspaper. I'm stopping him. <laughs> Walker said that guy didn't touch the ball the whole game. He said he maybe had like three dribbles. That's crazy. I mean, that's, and he's already like, he's like, like, he's like, hold on, like he's like, that's wild. Yeah, just own him, man. That's what's up, man. But uh, so man, good stuff, man. Good having you here, man. What's where can the people find you at, man? What do you got? What you got going on these days, man? What's what can they find Marquise at? Man, I'm working at uh O Athletic right now. You know, um, just just training guys or whatnot. Possibly into getting another job. Um, maybe in a high school somewhere. You know what I mean? The XFL ending kind of kind of hurt a little bit. Had some promise heading that league, but it's where I'm at for right now. You know, it's man, that's that's it, man. Uh, XFL was 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 off to a really good start, man. Yeah. A really oh, good start. Yeah. This pandemic, we had, like you say, man, we in unprecedented time, unprecedented times, man. It kind of hurt the league. Yeah. And plus, the Roughnecks were balling too, man. Oh man, Roughnecks is a great experience. It was fun. Um, it was a blessing. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody asked. Uh, what are you uh, by like teams or something? I would love to work for. I saw it in the little in the comments, man. I would love to win a championship here in Houston. Being born and raised here, being a part of a championship team in some capacity in this city would be a dream come true. You know, uh, 
Well, you know, we always don't really got to say the names, organizations, because you never know how I end up. But well, that's the yeah, state championship. Yeah. Whatever. I just want to win a state championship here in this city and bring it back to this city. That's a dream of mine in some capacity to be a part of that. So, speaking of the Roughnecks, I definitely felt like we was on our way. Because, man, we had a little oh, yeah. for the age was 5 and old. You know what I mean? I'm working. I got an opportunity to do the strength conditioning, assistant strength conditioning, working for a guy, enjoy working for working with a great strength staff. Mariana over there, old athletics, she did a great job. Uh, again, I can't say enough about Ray as a assistant strength coach that allowed me to come in and help out and work. And then I also was helping out with the D-line. And I, I like just how things were going. I like how what I was learning. And the, the city of Houston came out. Like, those games were packed. Yeah. 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 The, the, the rules in the XFL was different. And I definitely felt like we had a chance to win the championship. It's just unfortunate that this deal happened where, where the season had to get cut short. Yeah. yeah. Didn't the quarterback end up getting a uh, getting a uh, NFL contract or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did. He got picked up by the Panthers. I Panthers heard about him from different guys that played with the Colts. They was like, man, somebody told me like, man, y'all got PJ, and I was like, yeah, you know, because and they like, man, he he good. You tell me he good. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then you watch this guy start doing his thing. You know what I mean? I I hope to get on the grass this year in Carolina in some capacity. He, he definitely was a sight player to watch. He was a great person to work with. Man, we hope there's any type of sports at some point this year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so talk to us about your uh, – before we get off, man, tell us a little bit about your running, your run club that you run with. How'd you get uh, – how'd you get set up with all that, man? How'd y'all guys get started? Man, I, I just joined it's, – it's called Black Men Run, just a group of helping black guys helping out the community, brotherhood, the community, just encur- encouraging people to stay in shape and get healthy. Man, I started – they ran into me. You know, after a run, you know, after I think the Houston half a few years ago. And I was interested in it. And then one guy, man, he got me right, man. A guy named Donnell. And just this it's a Facebook group. And guys just get together. I was before the pandemic. We'd get together on like Saturday mornings and just my guy just go for a run. He went from three to whatever different guys training for whatever it may be. And just running. Just just that simple. Not like a fee or anything like that. Nothing crazy, strategic. And just just a community. With a guy, Jay, we run Houston. He has a pretty cool group that uh, just getting people together and running. There's some different ones out there. I think there's one in Pearland and different ones are different around the city and around the state. And just to get somebody to compete with or just get pushed. So, like, they'll post different runs in the group. I'm like, man, I got to get on it. You know what I mean? And, like, whether that's yeah. a mile, three miles – or just any kind of self of accomplishment to promote health and brotherhood. That's pretty much it. That's good, man. That's what's up, man. And that group is called, you say, Black Men Run. You can find them on Facebook. Is it a yeah, public group? Yeah, Facebook. Or? Look online, blackmenrun.com. If you listen outside of the, uh, outside of the state, I'm pretty sure they're, they're around the country. So that's that's the okay. group I joined. It. It's pretty cool because at first, a lot of runs. I'll be honest, you don't never see too many black guys running. And so it was pretty easy <laughs> to it, it is what it is. I don't know why. I would have you. You know, they think oh, we're supposed to, supposed to be sprinting, but I enjoy the long-distance thing. And then uh, what I learned about the running, man, is I learned that it's pretty successful people that, that run. Like, you go yeah. to decent neighborhoods, and people that got a decent job, you know, that have time to go train for a marathon, to go train for a 10K, you know? So you meet pretty, people of all kind of backgrounds and different jobs, and I like the network. Like, I met that. That's why I'm here. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's a great guy. I got a chance to train with him. And Beaumont, 
But I remember my first marathon in Beaumont, the gusher. I ran yeah. with a professor. I think he was a professor at UTSA. I ran with him the whole time. So you run it that yeah. long, you run it next to somebody, you gotta talk. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. so it's pretty cool. So just just the, the amount of networking and, th- and different things like that is a cool group to be a part of. Yeah, That's I agree. Uh, I've I've met a lot of people, man. With like you said, from all walks of life, uh, out there on running, you know, different five uh, Ks and half marathons, and you know, it's a it's a cool uh, it's a cool community. Definitely. Like you said, you make some friends quick when you're struggling on the back end of a long run. <laughs> 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 somebody, somebody say, "Man, come on, you got it. You can do it. You can do it." You're like, yeah, I can do it. It's, again, it's, 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 it's just working out by yourself or in a gym and then you know uh working out the empty gym and just then you get something and then and man we man we all from texas on this deal man we good you know crawford season i'm eating, I'm eating my share trust me so oh, yeah. we gotta run that off man so i always know in the back of my head hey if i eat all this ice cream tonight this little bit which i'm gonna add it i gotta I, I can get up in the morning i gotta run this off me tomorrow otherwise it's gonna hold on to me so oh, it just yeah. there you go I like to live, man. I like to eat, like have a good time, and I also like to run, like compete, and like the fellowship and camaraderie. Just meet different people from all walks of life. Yep. Just having a good time, staying in shape as well. Yes, sir. Like what me and Thad always preach, man. It's like running is the simplest form, the purest form of fitness that you could do. You can get out there and go at your own pace. You can walk, like you say, get that first mile out the way. You can walk. It don't matter what the time is. Just get that first one out the way. Then start doing the second one. Walk, run, do whatever you want to do. It's something that you could get out and do, man. Yeah. That's what's and, and it's amazing what what it does to your head, you know, how uh, you can get out there and think. You can you can come up with some really good ideas, you know. Um, it's it's really therapeutic, you know. Remember my right. hardest run, my uh talk about therapeutic. I think I got out there and tried to run. I think it was a 15-mile run, and my headphones and my cell phone died on me three miles in. I said, screw <laughs> it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dog it out. You talk about find yourself. You find yourself in your thoughts. <laughs> I remember when that—that's a skill. I definitely feel like that's a skill. But then once you get the rest of the wall, you can you can you can be all right. Just take yourself another place. For me, running like laps, like if I run like a loop, like Memorial, I can't. It's hard for me to do more than it's hard for me to do two. If I can, yeah. I can barely do. I can do one. Two's tough. Three not happening. I gotta see. Something different. Something so different. Yeah. Different. Like running around the track. I don't like doing no more than a mile on the track. After four laps, I can't see that same thing go round and round again. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's something about running a path that you don't have to see the same thing again that keeps you going better than just running that loop. Yeah, like I just gotta like so when I'm driving now, like to my house or whatever, I just like, all right, man, let me look. I bet that's a cool little route. Let me take that. Like you run in the, in a Houston area. It's so many paths now that looks completely different when you're running it or riding your bike or walking it that that you can't see from the from the road when you drive it. Exactly, so that's the yeah. paths that go all kind of places downtown UHD. I mean, like the Heights, uh, uh, what's that like uh, Herman Park area? It's so many different avenues and different things you can see. But I and like different anywhere with a sidewalk, I'll be like, as I'm driving, like, man, that, that'll be a cool place to run. I bet from my place. To over there, you get me about five miles and back. Now that's 10. You know what I mean? Or just different stuff like that. And then, like the Houston Marathon, you do the half or the full of those. 
you're not gonna look the city of Houston the same at all. I know I can't. Man, like, yeah, I, I know. that's true. Different mile markers is man, certain places like, like Galleria, that's like mile 15, 16. That's crucial. Hit Memorial, yeah. that's the back stretch. These legs about to die. Like, come on. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know Houston had that many inclines in it. I was oh, like, man, what the I'm hell is going on? <laughs> Tell me about them underpasses. Oh my goodness, man! It was, yeah. it was fun. It was, it was a good run, man. Like I said, look, I love running. Like I say, Thad, the one got me into running with those uh cattail marsh runs, man. So I, I seen an alligator out there one time. Oh yeah, <laughs> freak me out. There's a lot out. of them. They don't, freak they don't hurt out. you though. Freak yeah, me you know, out. First time, first time I seen an alligator in real life was out there. I'm, I'm looking for a different spot to run because in Beaumont you got the hike and bike. So I yeah. run from like, I don't, at the time I was working at Beaumont Westbrook. So I go over there and run. Come back and say, man, I'm getting tired of running this. So I got to run something different. I see the little Google that. And so I saw, I meet a guy, these two dudes out there, they're taking pictures of like the nature or whatever. And yeah. the dude was like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that guy in like 12 years. I say, okay. So I get to running. By half a mile in, I see a huge gator. I sweated <laughs> back to my truck. I said, oh, no, I ain't been back to my truck. <laughs> <laughs> they won't hurt you. We're oh, yeah. right out there. We it's run out there every run. week. Especially when you get back off into where you get to that third mile, where you get to make the loop coming back around. It's nothing but grass out there. It's 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 a little sketchy. Y'all got that. Yeah, y'all got that. Catch me with something flat on the street. I might join you. <laughs> man but uh man but once again man like you said we're gonna uh go ahead hate to wrap it up man like you said it's fun talking to you man you were very like you said you got me juiced up man i can see that competitiveness in you man that's like I said, whatever you do i know you're gonna be successful in it brother man you got that right mindset that right drive man and just like you said just rubs off on people it rubs off on people kind of makes you want to be better man so keep that up man keep that mindset going and and keep that drive you got, man. That's what's that's good stuff. So, what kind of people find you at, man? What's your uh main social media handles you uh that you deal that you that you stay on? Man, at Keys Four Eight, you see right here at Q U I S Four Eight. Just hit me up. A lot of you follow me. Not a huge, just social media page. Like my page ain't probably like a big fitness person, but I post some runs on every once in a while. Post some things that I'm into, and just post me. I I, I use my social media, man. It's kind of like resume for my life a little bit. <laughs> and it's, man, it's a, I'm just, man, uh, just a regular guy that just like to work hard and have a good time, like get running every now and then. Hey, that's what's up, man. What's up? But once again, yeah. man, we sure appreciate you taking time out of your yeah. uh, out of your day, out of your schedule to come join us on the show. And uh, man, we appreciate it, man. It's been fun. It's been fun. No yeah, problem. Thanks a lot, man. Thank y'all for real. Thank, appreciate mm -hmm. you, man. Jay, appreciate you for having me. Appreciate yeah, you. Like you say, thank you guys out there for joining the show. Uh, remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, on mastersoffitness.com. Uh, check out our YouTube page, man. We'll have this show up on tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have this show up tomorrow so you guys can go back, review it, watch it, man, post some questions under the uh, – and, yeah, continue to post questions under the comments. Uh, we'll get to those questions that we missed today. And uh, don't forget, we still have our uh, – I'll compete every day book giveaway we got going on. We got six more books to give away. If you want to get a copy, free copy mailed to you, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Instagram page and subscribe to the YouTube page and tag three fans, three friends, and we'll get a book. Uh, we'll get the book mailed out to you, man. But there, you got anything left for the people, man? Man, I I, I don't have a lot to say after all that. Um, Marquise <laughs> done then got us all fired up. I'm ready to go out in the uh, garage and hit my uh, oh, yeah, I'm treadmill. About to, I'm, about to go, I'm about to go eat. <laughs> I, 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 go get it I, in. Go get it in.
I ate two cookies with my uh with my youngest boy. So I'm about to go get some get at least 20 minutes in on uh, salt bike. I gotta close these rings on my Apple Watch tonight, man. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, keep, I gotta, I gotta keep that up with all these workouts. And guys, don't forget the Cattail Marsh uh runs have started back up again. Right there. What time do y'all meet out there? Uh, right now we're meeting at six thirty every uh every Thursday afternoon, and uh, as the days get longer, we'll we'll kind of adjust things, but we'll probably mm-hmm. keep it at six thirty for a pretty good while. And tonight was our first one, uh, and you know we whenever all this pandemic stuff came out, we just postponed it just like everything else. Yeah. So everything's kind of getting a little loose, you know, we, everybody kind of, it was kind of weird because you, you show up out there and you're used to shaking hands and hugging and all that stuff. And, yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a different scene, but, uh, but no, we had a good crowd and uh, we'll be out there every Thursday. Cool, Everybody's cool, welcome. So once again, thank you guys for joining the show. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to the YouTube page, download us on Apple iTunes and, uh, Thank you, and see you next Sunday. Next Sunday, don't forget, so our showtime is moving from no longer be on Thursdays. It'll be on Sundays at uh, 7.30. Thank you guys for listening, and see you next time. Cue the cool drop. Drop, drop.